If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. And this is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds for the next two hours here at South Point Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas. Of course, joining us today, we're going to have Soren Petro join us to break down the Thursday night matchup between the Chiefs and the Chargers. And next hour, we'll have Will Hill get his expertise on what he likes looking ahead to the NFL slate and also some NBA that we will have on the docket for tonight. But before we look ahead, we must look back. Wes Reynolds at last night as the Rams cash those tickets if you're getting to and a half, three after the news of Jalen Ramsey and Tyler Higby were out with COVID concerns, went up to three, three and a half in some places. They won the game outright and the over does cash late mm-hmm. with a late field goal by Arizona to go over that total with 53 total points. There was a lot of consternation on social media for people watching the game with the way that it kind of played out at the end. Certainly with Cliff Kingsbury, his decision to kind of wait and tried to, to maximize his opportunities to score a touchdown down 10. They ultimately did kick the field goal, but not after a third down sack of Kyler Murray, which let about 40 seconds tick off the clock. They then got the onside kick, but with limited time, they only had three plays and, of course, ends in another Aaron Donald sack. You know what, Dave? It was kind of one of those deals. And, by the way, you mentioned it did go up to three at most. So it's pretty much close three. Might have been a th- couple three-and-a-half show. But I think it was kind of the panic because I think that that's just what we live with this society. It's like, okay, when we hear COVID, it's oh like, my goodness. you know, uh, DEFCON 5. But it was two <laughs> players out. I mean, you know, like maybe last year. Two players would have turned into like 20 players or something like right. that, but it didn't really do it yesterday. I like the Rams. I stuck with it and uh, ended up paying off. But 
you go to the start of that game, Arizona gets three points. Rams go three and out. Arizona drives the length of the field. That interception, that basically Huge. turned the, that basically turned the, the game. whole game. Ab- absolutely. And then what I like that the Rams did, and I kind of saw it against Jacksonville last week. Now, the numbers really won't bear fruit here for the Rams in terms of the running game. You'll look at it, and I think it was like uh, 21 carries for like, 85 or some odd yards. So that's not going to really impress you statistically. But I thought getting that running game going early against an Arizona team that does give up 4.7 per carry on the ground, I thought that that was really what kind of set the Rams well, even though in the stats it's not going to look that impressive. But it allowed for that play action, got Matt Stafford out of the pocket, and that bootleg action they ran all night, that bootleg play action worked every single time. That was the big touchdown to Van Jefferson. Jefferson yeah. A couple passes down the field to Cooper Cup, hit OBJ for a couple times down the field doing just that. But it was really the turnovers that I think won the Rams the game. And then, like you mentioned, in terms of the end game with the decision, mm. Uh, you know, just a bad clock management, and they wasted timeouts very early in the half. And, and you know, you lose when you lose those timeouts early on in the half. We saw it last Monday night with Buffalo. Then all of a sudden you don't have any timeouts. You can't stop the clock at the end of the game when you need to. But it was really me, Dave, kind of going against the Cardinals because – when you look at just the final score last week against the Bears, it's like they just killed these guys. No. They really didn't. They had four uh, uh, turnovers, rather, four Dalton interceptions in their own territory. So Arizona had scoring drives of like 15 and 25 and 30 yards. So it, and the score will be deceiving, and that's why I always encourage people to do that box score study. How did this result happen? How did we get to this final score? Was it turnovers? Was it yards per play? Were there a lot of penalties called on the other team? You really got to do that box score study, I think. And that's what I think materialized last night with the Rams getting the victory. You know what my biggest takeaway was from last night's game? Kyler Murray lost the MVP last night, in my eyes. Because here's the way I look at it. When you look at primetime games, Mm -hmm. and you look at the three biggest games that we saw over the weekend, right? Now, it wasn't a primetime game for Tom Brady, but it was the late afternoon window against the Buffalo Bills, and arguably the best defense in the AFC, if not the entire NFL. And what did he do? How did he close out that game? With his 700th career touchdown and a game-winner, game-ender that everybody remembers. And then what do we see on Sunday Night Football? Aaron Rodgers Mm -hmm. just blow out the Chicago Bears and own them once again in a primetime fashion. And then Kyler Murray, who was a top three choice for MVP before before play this week, didn't look great. Yeah, and when you how throw, did we see the end last night with Kyler Murray in the fetal position? Right. So it's those mem- it's those images that voters remember. And they go, I'm going to vote for Kyler Murray as the best player in the league when I had two other quarterbacks in similar situations coming from behind, right, in overtime. What, Rodgers was down big early against the Bears. Those type of images stick with voters, I do believe, long term. So I don't – to me – He's kind of out of the running. So I'll, I'll, well, we know he's still going to be one of those short favorites here going forward. But to me, this became a two-horse race, potentially with Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers after what I witnessed from Kyler Murray. And I was with people in our business, West last night watching this game. They said, why are you down on Kyler? I said, I'm not down on him. I said, but I want to see him do what Aaron Rodgers does. I want to see him do what Tom Brady does. I want to see what if he can do that when the lights are the brightest. And they weren't even the brightest. It was just Monday Night Football. It wasn't a playoff game. So Kyler Murray is a special talent in this league. They're going to be reckoned with down the stretch. But it's games like that in prime time that I need to see Kyler Murray be the king 
And last night he wasn't. And also, Aaron Donald gets right back into defensive player of the year consideration. When you have three sacks in that manner, the first play of the game and the last play of the Two game. Two of them the easiest that he'll ever have in his whole life. No question. So I think those narratives, and this is, again, this is people walk down Narrative Street, and these are voted on awards that people wager their money on. These are the images and the lasting memories that they're going to have. So to me, has Aaron Donald been the best player on defense this year? He can make the argument. I don't think he has, but people will remember last night's game and the way that it ends, and that will go a long way in voters' minds. Yeah, and I think what's also going to go away is maybe the perception of the Rams is going to change a little bit. Yes. I said it was the put-up-or-shut-up game. Contender or pretender, will they put up, and they still are very much a contender. And they are, and, and again, I've, I've been critical of them. Wes, you and I have done the green zone every single week here on, on Vston, and, and sometimes I want them to be tough. Right. And I thought Sean McVay put them in positions to be tougher physically, offensively. You mentioned it right off the top, mm-hmm. running the football with Sony Michelle. Like, let's get into some personnel here and line up and punch you in the mouth. And, you know, that that stuff that we're soft and the monikers that we have. Well, let's let's disprove those theories. And I thought they went a long way. to. Well, do that and when you night. go back to that first game, too, that Arizona won in L.A. 37 to 20 back in week four and Arizona out topped them. But I also thought that that was a terrible situation for the Rams because they had just beaten Tampa Bay. Right. They had just beaten the defending world champion. So it's like, okay, Arizona is a team that's at the, you know, second level of the division. We usually beat these guys, and Arizona took it to them. So Sean McVay, usually very good in this situation as he was last night. He's now 11-5 and five straight up on the road in division games. And Cliff Kingsbury now goes to 4-9 as a home favorite as the Arizona head coach. And still right now, and we know that Green Bay with that win over Arizona uh, many weeks ago, that's going to go a long way in that number one seed here in the NFC, right? So this is, this is a, a very very telltale game for Arizona. They could have basically wrapped up the NFC West last night and gone a long way to wrapping up the number one seed. And those things are very much in doubt now after that loss last night. It shows you how tough the, the top of the NFC is. And I do believe, and we'll get into this later on in the show, which conference we believe is better. To me, overall, the NFC showed you last night. If the Rams were a middle-of-the-pack NFC team, they jumped into the upper echelon mm-hmm. last night. West, this conference is loaded for bear. NFC is better at the top. AFC might have more, like, fair to good teams. Yeah. But I do think that the NFC is absolutely – I mean, there's a definitive top five, and the Rams and the Cardinals certainly both part of that. Yeah, so, again, we'll break down all these scenarios going forward, what this does mean overall when you have to st- try to find pathways here to number one seeds and, and uh, you know, Super Bowl odds and all those things. Last night's game went a long way to put the Rams back on the map and maybe bring the Cardinals back to earth just a little bit. I'll, I'll be very curious when we look ahead to their games this week how we think those teams are going to respond because I can tell you right now when I look at Seattle and the Rams and I know that number is going to go up it started off at six and a half it's already up to seven I mean West my eyes kind of light up here and think please get to eight and I will buy Seattle next week because I still don't know as good as the Rams were last night, if I still trust them week in, week out. It was seven on the look ahead, and then as we got to Sunday's results with Seattle, and that usually happens when a team gets a win and a team hadn't played, like on a Monday night or a Sunday night. You used to get like a half-point move if Seattle kind of does what they were supposed to do, which is go ahead and beat the hell out of the Houston Texans right. on the road. So now it is backed up to seven, pretty much market consensus total about 47-48. Initial first glance, I, even though I'm, I'm high on the Rams, as you know, they were my Super Bowl bet. Mm-hmm. in the summer but 
Initially, at first glance, I kind of want to go against, but I, I wonder how much of this is a little bit of a mirage for Seattle. I mean, they're five and eight right now. They're not getting in the playoffs. They would have to run the table, I think, to get into the playoffs. I think, look, they beat a team that they own in San Francisco and kind of rallied off that Monday night loss in Washington. And then they go to Houston, who went back to Davis Mills. It was a very competitive, actually, three quarters. And then Seattle just kind of pulled away late. So that right now is seven. Probably going to dance around that number. I know that there's a couple shops uh, that have it six and a half, actually, to Seattle. But that's their game next week. And then Arizona goes on the road to Detroit. 13 and a half, and that's pretty much what it was look ahead. Remember, we talked about it on Sunday during the Green Zone, Detroit and Denver. Detroit had to activate seven players right. from the practice squad just to fill out a 53-man roster. So this team's obviously the walking wounded, wounded rather in a mash unit. And plus, they did just come off their first win of the season. So maybe there's a little bit of satisfaction like, okay, we're not going to be winless. We're not going to be the worst team ever. And then Denver put the boots to them in the second half. If Detroit gets healthy and gets their full complement of players back next week and that line stays and maybe gets to 14, Look, they, they're 8-5 and five ATS. They've been one of the better teams, one of the better mm -hmm. bad teams against the number all year long. They give you an effort every single week, pretty much every single week, yeah. unlike like Jacksonville or Houston where it's like every three or four weeks they'll put it together a good effort. But the Lions have put together a string of streaks with really good efforts even though they've been ending up losses. Yeah, so it'll be very interesting to see where those numbers go and later on on the show right here in the Lombardi line we'll do a great exercise and Wes does a great job of that of buy now or buy later and maybe some of those games we'll figure out if you should wait to see how those lines move as the week continues. Come on back again we got Swarm Petro coming up at Will Hill uh, next hour as well. It is the Lombardi line right here on VEASAN the Sports Betting Network. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. season it's time to download betmgm sports it's nevada's premier sports betting app betmgm has all of your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting boosted out specials and much much more download the betmgm app today or stop by any mgm casino on the strip with your state-issued id to open up an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in nevada whatever your sport whatever your betting style you're gonna love betmgm state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week visit betmgm for terms and conditions must be 21 years of age or older and physically located in nevada please gamble responsibly if you have a problem call 1-800-522-4700. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. This is the Lombardi Line right here on VEASAN. And last night we were talking about it, Wes, to begin the show here. Supremacy in the NFC, right? And it looked like it was Arizona's to lose. They might have potentially lost it last night with that 30-23 to loss to the Rams. Now, again, they still have a game lead in the division. But when we just look at the NFC specifically here, and I think you and I agree at the top, it's better than the AFC, but let's go through the pecking order in the NFC. Do you believe now that that has changed after last night's result? I don't think so. I think it's a lot more compact at the top, though, certainly with now three teams at 10-3, and three, and we were talking about it over the break leading into the segment. Arizona's loss, obviously, very good for the Green Bay Packers, who did get a win out there in Glendale earlier this season when they were very shorthanded, especially as a receiver position. So now Green Bay, Tampa Bay, Arizona, your top three at 10-3. and three. Dallas, uh, the other division leader, just right back one game, 9-4. and four. Rams, 9-4. and four. 
San Francisco seven and six and the Washington football team still in the seven spot, by the way, seven playoff spots for each conference this year. So you've got Washington at six and seven and then Minnesota, Philadelphia, Atlanta, a whole host of teams wow. at six and seven. There is a big drop off, like I said, from that top five of Green Bay, Tampa Bay, Arizona, Dallas and the Rams, whatever order you want to put them in. I think those teams are all kind of interchangeable, yeah. almost one through five. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I, I don't think that there's a lot of separation really between them but you know we talked about the fact that the Rams got Seattle next week Arizona I think at least a fortuitous spot in the schedule now you never want to overlook anybody but laying almost two touchdowns on the road that is a get right game for Arizona you have some of the other contenders up here actually a lot of them when you look at it Dave in this week 15 schedule have what you would think would be quote unquote easy games we know there's never an easy game necessarily in the NFL but you have Dallas going to New York, right? 10 and a half, 11 point favorites. Who's going to play quarterback? Uh, and uh, I found it interesting. I forget who wrote this story today, but it was about the New York Giants where John Mara and Steve Tisch, who are the ownership of the New York football Giants, believe in Joe Judge. You know, it's nice to be believed in, but yes. they think that they have their parcels or their Belichick. Hold the phone. Wow. Hold the phone. I'm not saying Joe Judge needs to go. Look, uh, they, they've got a lot of personnel issues that they need to take care of, whether it'll be Dave Gettleman or somebody else taking care of those next season. That'll beg the question, but they got a lot of holes. You got a quarterback that doesn't really have a very good offensive line. You've got a running back that you drafted that's always hurt. Mm -hmm. uh, actually, there was a, a friend of mine that's a Giants fan that was so upset. He goes, we really drafted Saquon, man, because you know the video that I tweeted out last night of Quentin Nelson on the pancake yes, block fantastic. and how gentlemanly he was. He just drove this guy into the ground. He goes, you good? The guy's like, yes, sir, as he's flat on his back. <laughs> Quentin Nelson picks him up, but uh, he's like, we really drafted Saquon, man. Man. And look, Saquon's a great player when he's healthy, but the, that's a problem. He's not always healthy. And the Giants have been battling injuries at the receiver core. They've already fired the offensive coordinator. So you would think this is a good, uh, good situation for Dallas to get a couple road wins in the row in the division. And that's how their schedule is. A lot of NFC East teams at the end of the year. Yeah, it's a great point because, again, whether or not Dallas, you believe they can cover the 10 and a half for, for the Cowboys, they're looking at it. Hey, we just got to win the game, to your point, right? Same thing for Arizona in that big number they're going to lay against Detroit next week. But Arizona's just thinking one seed as the Cowboys are thinking wrap up the NFC East. So you do have to do that, take that into account in your handicapping here going forward. And I do think that's where you're going to start to get into, even if they're long, you know, minus 400 money line scenarios here mm -hmm. for some of these games, they are thinking about just winning the football game, yeah. if not covering. You, yeah, good point by you, Dave. Uh, use that money line parlay yes. if you want to do it. Now, now, I don't like, I know we always see on Twitter all these parlays where it's like, he needs one more leg to complete a 13-teamer. <laughs> the books will always advertise those ones that win. They don't advertise the thousands that lose over the weekend. So keep that in mind. Like, if you're doing money line parlays, I think that that's a useful tool, actually. People say never bet parlays. If you do them right, yes. they can be beneficial. You got, got to find, you know, maybe a two-teamer on the money line or a three-teamer. But, you know, don't don't go bat you-know-what crazy with these. <laughs> I mean, like, like maybe Dallas, if you don't want to lay that number, could would be a money line parlay with a little bit of a smaller favorite where you're not laying much big or you're even getting plus money on that side. So, you know, you got some teams, as I was mentioning, that are in that pecking order that do have, I think, relatively easy games or games that they should get through. But 
and and New Orleans uh, or Tampa Bay rather being another one of those. They're double digit favorites over the Saints. Right. And the Saints got the win over the Jets last week, but really not all that impressive. And we know that the Saints are battling injuries. The quarterback situation is very tenuous. Mm -hmm. Tampa Bay's been running out teams at home, and even when they don't, they still cover. <laughs> like on Sunday. Sorry, RIP for those of you that had the Bills at plus three and a half and are like, okay, we got the ball first and we didn't get it. Now all Tampa Bay needs to do is just get a couple first downs, get in a field goal range, and that didn't happen. So uh, Tampa Bay covers the number, but at 10 and a half, 11, probably the right number. And let's keep one. going down this rabbit hole here in the NFC as we try to forecast maybe which way you would play a future selection here to represent the conference in the Super Bowl. So again, if you really truly value that one seed, which is the only seed that's going to have a bye, <clears throat> excuse me, in week number one, right now that would be Green Bay. Mm -hmm. But we did see last year, last year, that the Packers had the one seed and they couldn't make that run to the Super Bowl as Tom Brady and the Buccaneers came in there and won that game. Is it different this year in your eyes if Green Bay is the one seed? Or does that make them, in your in your opinion, the overwhelming favorite to represent the NFC? Yeah, and, and look, they probably would be the favorite right now. But I got to say that this team is gettable. And I'm not trying to, you know... Pour cold water on on uh, the cheeseheads here, but you got to really look at it realistically. Green Bay is a good team. I'm not saying they're not a good team, but they've been living right ATS. And I mentioned that after the Bears games on Twitter on Sunday night. If you go throughout the season, they had that game against the Packers where uh, Jimmy G uh, and Jimmy G was James G wow. this weekend in Cincinnati. Big win for him. But remember Aaron Rodgers, he had like 37 seconds to get him in field goal range, and he does. Somehow. You know, so so they get a fortunate win there. They do cover against the Steelers, even though they outplayed the Steelers. Remember that field goal at the end of the first half that Pittsburgh blocked and returned for a touchdown? Yes. I think it was, uh, I think it was Hayden with the block and Fitzpatrick with the return. It was, it was one of the back. two. And it got called back for a offsides which was ridiculous but nevertheless Packers get the cover then you had that kicking debacle where Cincinnati was getting the sharp money like all week <laughs> Cincinnati should have won that game McPherson about five put his times. arms up yes remember yeah he, he, the kicks good but it wasn't good yeah and Mason Crosby missed three field goals and then somehow the Packers get through with that one so you have that one they get the late cover at Chicago the Aaron Rodgers I own you game where they get a <laughs> touchdown with about four minutes left to go they cover against Washington football team who out yarded him by like close to 150 yards but just they, they got stoned at, like the Packers had let every team in in the red zone but Washington remember Taylor Heineke kind of trips over his own feet at the one yard yeah. line and he's ruled short and they don't get in he did so, the Lambo leap yeah yeah, Packers. We had all these bizarre scenarios. Packers should have covered there, and then they backdoor against the Chiefs, albeit with Jordan Love. It's 13 nothing. Packers do nothing all game. They get in the back door there. And then uh, the game on Sunday night, Bears could have easily covered. So you've got a team that's living right against the spread. And by the way, they are facing the Baltimore Ravens this week. And uh, I believe at one point on Sunday, I saw them laying seven. Whoa. At Baltimore. But I on think the that, road. I think that might have been, <clears throat> you know, assuming Lamar. Lamar out of the lineup. That's what I have to think that that was. And he's not been ruled out yet. He is questionable, yep. but obviously the Ravens, we know that they are absolutely banged up on defense, yet somehow they did cover on Sunday to ruin a 5-0 and <laughs> week for me in the contest. Thank you very much, Cleveland. I want nothing to do with that team. But right now, 4.5-43.5 Green Bay Lane to Baltimore. Look ahead was 2, went up to 7. I think that was assuming Lamar's not going to go, because Lamar, of course, did leave the game in Cleveland on Sunday, Tyler Huntley finished up. So 
Split the difference here. That's probably right. You know, when I looked at, at those odds to, to, to go to the Super Bowl, and, and I see the Cowboys at 12-1 to 1 and the Rams at 10-1, to 1, to me, those should be flipped. And the only reason why I say that is Arizona looks like they're still going to win the West, right, at this juncture. So the Rams would be a true wild card team. Yes, Dallas is not going to get a bye, but they're going to have home games as a divisional winner. Mm-hmm. So to me, those odds right there, I would rather have a divisional winner playing at home. There's value in that for me at 12-1 to 1 versus a team that's going to be a wild card team as it stands right now. It would have to go on the road. Dallas does get Arizona, by the way, in week 17 Ooh. on January 2nd uh, right there at Jerry World. So uh, this is Arizona's, I think, last easy game. Then they got the Colts coming in on Christmas night. That's not easy. No, and that's a team that's going to be playing for their playoff lives. Then they go to Dallas and and then Seattle coming in to end the season. Yeah, Arizona had a big chance last night to really wrap up that one seed, and they blew it at home. To Wes's point, that schedule, it's going to get dicey for the Cardinals down the stretch. When we come back, let's talk some NBA and pick Wes's brain for some winners tonight that he likes in the association. Come on back. It's the Lombardi line right here on the Sports Betting Network. College Bowl season starts this Friday, and Decent has got you covered with our all-new bowl betting guide. Get matchup analysis on every bowl game, including insights, trends, data, and predictions to help you make your very best bets. Whether you're betting on every game, playing contests, or just want to find a few key high-value props, the Decent College Bowl betting guide can help give you that edge you're looking for. Get your digital copy today for only $19.99 at Decent.com slash subscribe. Back here in the Lombardi line, Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds, and we know tonight in the NBA. NBA. It could be a very historic mm-hmm. night for one Stephen Curry as the Warriors will take on the Knicks in the world's most famous arena, Madison Square Garden. Of course, what? He needs one more three-pointer? Two more, I believe. Two to break, break the, the record. record. So one to tie, two to break the record tonight. So barring a miracle, it feels like this is going to happen for Steph and the Warriors tonight. They are laying four and a half on the road. How do you factor in the history of the night on the biggest stage in the NBA at Madison Square Garden. And, oh, by the way, you're trying to cover a number of four and a half. Well, and before I really get into that, let me kind of update the situation for the listeners and the viewers that don't know. The Warriors were grounded in Indianapolis last night. By the way, a two-point win over the Pacers. A comeback win, by the way, because the Blue and Gold had the lead most of the game. Mm -hmm. Really should have been a win for the Pacers, but Golden State does what good teams do, and they find ways. But had an air an, an air issue or a travel issue, so they were grounded in the night. So they actually left this morning at 10 a.m. Eastern time, so about two and a half hours ago. They probably are just about landing right now in New York City for this game tonight against the Knicks and get to the hotel around 1. So the travel issues, you know, it can affect a little bit. It's not life and death, but it can affect, like, your eating, you know, your oh, eating yeah. schedule when sleep. you get to shoot around, yep. your sleep. So. This has gone down a little bit to about four and a half. I was thinking I was seeing a little bit of five and a half or five last night, but basically four and a half right now in the market. And yeah, to your point, Dave, Steph Curry uh, gonna had need two to break Ray Allen's record of twenty nine seventy three. By the way, <laughs> Stephen Curry has done this in a lot less games at just thirty three years old, and I mean, j- just absolutely remarkable what what this guy has done. And you know, I was thinking, okay, maybe if this goes over time in, in uh, Gamebridge Fieldhouse last night, 
at Indianapolis that, okay, he's going to get it in overtime. But you almost knew. It was almost like set up down narrative yes. street where it's like, okay, he's got to break it in the garden. We can't have him breaking it in little podunk Indianapolis, <laughs> I was, right? I was going to say no disrespect to your home state of Indiana, yeah. but it feels right that it's going to happen at the yeah, moment. Adam Silver is like, don't let this game go to overtime, <laughs> for God's sakes. I want it in the garden where I can be courtside for it. But, uh, you know, looking at the Warriors, they're obviously, you know, playing very well. But, you know, Steph Curry, though, and, and you brought it up over break when we were talking about this, Steve Kerr says Steph's pressing a little bit. Mm-hmm. Steph even admitted it last night. He's 9 of 31 from three his last two games. That's 29%. Warriors, you know, a little bit of a rough patch lately, I guess. Three and three straight up, two and four ATS over the last six games. Uh, the offense has been in a little bit of a slump. One thing that's not in a slump is the defense. Defense won him the game last night because the Pacers had a look at at least the tie or even the win. Uh, Draymond Green goes and doubles out there, forces Karis LeVert to go left. Draymond gives the help. Karis LeVert falls over, loses the ball out of bounds. And it's the little things like that Mm. that make the Warriors what they are. Everybody looks at the offensive numbers and whatnot, but it's their defense that that has really carried them forward. And really, defense has not been carrying the Knicks lately. They have been terrible on defense. One and six straight up, two and five ATS last seven games. Minus eight net rating. The defensive rating, they're giving up 117.9 per 100 possessions. Uh, Obviously, shorthanded bunch for the Knicks, too. No Obi Toppin, no R.J. Barrett. They're in the COVID protocol. Uh, So... You know, when I'm looking at this, uh, small lean to the Warriors. I might wait for an in-game here, but, you know, I was hoping it might be like like three and a half or four, but instead it's four and a half, five in the market. So uh, small lean to Golden State, but I think obviously you're going to see betters maybe react to that as you get closer. It's dropped a little bit because of the travel, but I expect late money will be on Golden State knowing that this is the record night. And again, when you look at the total, and again, you, you talk about Narrative Street in New York, and it's the Mecca, it's Madison Square Garden, it's Steph Curry, it's the White Lights. Right? <laughs> when you say the Mecca, that is a running joke around here with Beeson, <laughs> because uh, John Von Tobel likes to uh, ridicule those in the New York media. It's, oh, in the Mecca tonight, in the right. Mecca in Madison Square Garden. So I just think that's funny when I hear that term. 212 and a hook here, right? So I look at it and I go, because of all those things we mentioned and all those narratives, that are out there, you know, bright lights, big city, big moment, and the Knicks don't play good defense. Do you think we will get a high-scoring affair? Would would lean that way, I think. Uh, but but you got to look at the defense with these guys. I and mean, Golden State have, plays defense. They have the best defensive right. rating in the NBA at just a hunt of 100.0, fourth best O rating at 111.7. Uh, and look, they've dominated the three-point line at both ends of the court, not just offensively, but defensively. Warriors, we know they take a lot of threes, second highest in the league, but they shoot eighth best in the league. Curry, eventually, you got to think water is going to find its level. He's been pressing a little bit, and maybe Curry, I think, you know, he's a very self-aware guy. He right. kind of realized, hey, you know, I just need to let it come to me and just play my game and not worry about it. It's not like it's never going to happen. I'm too away, for God's sake. So I'll probably get it tonight just by accident. But looking at what the Knicks are doing, too, Tibbs has made some changes in terms of guys they're playing. They moved Mitchell Robinson to the bench in favor of Nerland Zoel. Robinson, little bit of conditioning issues, little bit out of shape. We know they're without Barrett and Toppin because of the health and safety protocol calls Alec Burks going to return here re-enter to the starting lineup because mm-hmm. remember Tibbs uh, played Alex Burks and or Alec Burks rather in favor of Kemba Walker right because he sent Kemba to the bench but 
It's really been the defense that has slipped for the Knicks. They were so good defensively. They were really bought buying into what Tibbs was putting down in terms of defense first. But 24th this year in defensive rating. And they're allowing opponents to shoot 39.2% from the three-point line. That is not going to get that is not going to get it down. Or really shooting 35.7, I should say, from the line. Opponents take threes on 39% of their possessions. So, you know, they're knocking them down. And they haven't been able to secure the perimeter. And uh, this is not the team uh, to really try to experiment if we can really guard the perimeter against one of the better units in in the league. So, uh, you know, what I would probably be doing, actually, one angle I may play here is I may kind of play against the grain because everybody's thinking, oh, the Warriors are going to be rusty maybe coming out because of this travel issue. I actually think that will affect them more in the second half than it will in the first half. Now they're like, okay, guys, they know they have that sense of urgency right away. So the way I may bet this game tonight is to lay like first half money line or see like first half minus two okay. depending on what's in the market I think it's two and a half I'd love to see two I may just lay first half money line with the Warriors because I think teams you know when they have adversity like that they kind of come together at least right out of the gate from the opening tip and I can see that for the dubs tonight and I gotta think that Steph wants to get that out of the way knock down a couple threes early and get then just the focus on winning yes, yes. I, I think that first half play might be the right way to go here for Golden State hey New York's gonna be popping tonight because not just the Knicks hosting a game how about the Nets hosting the Raptors here when you look at what's happened trending wise for the Nets it has not been good 0 and 5 ATS in their last five home games the under right now five and one in the last six overall uh, and then you look at the Raptors they come in here five and one ATS in their last six, and five and one ATS in their last six against Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Do you think those trends continue tonight for the road team? Yeah, well, Toronto comes off arguably their best offensive performance last night. I think they just scored another bucket on Sacramento, <laughs> just absolutely throttled the Sacramento Kings. Now they're four and one straight up at ATS in December. The net rating's been good, but if you look at who the Raptors have beaten, they beat the Kings, they beat the Knicks, they beat the Wizards, and they beat Milwaukee. That was without Giannis. So step up in class, obviously, here to face the uh, Brooklyn Nets. Uh, Nets did win and cover against Detroit on Sunday without James Harden. Harden and Durant should both be back tonight. Been on a little bit of a better short uh, ATS run, but Brooklyn has not really been a very good spread team. They've had to win it a lot more with defense simply because they don't have Kyrie, and I know Kyrie kind of put out a cryptic video like <laughs> I may be returning or whatnot I don't I don't know what that means I don't know if the state's I'm gonna done let trying to get yeah. in Kyrie Irving's head because that's a pretty <laughs> dangerous place to be it seems like so uh you look uh Toronto, one of the things that they don't do well, they're not very good in transition. They get their 29th in transition defense. Uh, Kember, Choji Ananobi likely to miss tonight. Brooklyn, I think they're one of the worst spread teams in the league just because they were so overvalued yes. to start the season. They were the obvious favorites in the East, but they're starting to play a little bit better basketball, I think. And, you know, if they can get Kyrie back, obviously that's a bonus. But Nets 0-5 in their last five mm. home games, but... I, I'm not going to bet this game. I would lean Brooklyn here just simply because I think water kind of finds its level with Toronto, and this is a big step up in class. Who's the little brother in New York City? Is, this, is it always going to be Brooklyn? 
Well, I mean, for the old school, but for the new school, they've gravitated more toward the Nets. Like, Brooklyn has kind of become a little bit in vogue in New York City. So, the Nets have their fans, and they have their supporters. I mean, it's actually a closer rivalry, and I think maybe the mainstream media would have us to believe. But obviously, the Knicks have the rich history. It is going to be fascinating tonight in New York City with those two games. Obviously, all the eyes will be on the Garden, but I'm sure Brooklyn might want to make a little statement to your point as well. All right, when we come back, we're going to have Soren Petra join us to talk all things Thursday Night Football with the Chiefs and the Chargers in a game right now that has a lot of importance in the AFC. Come on back. It is the Lombardi Line right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
the Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. you need is at BetMGM. Sign up now using the bonus code VEASAN1000 and your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. When you register with BetMGM, you're also going to get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, and daily boosted odds specials from epic touchdowns to spectacular slam dunks. The king of sportsbooks takes every play to a thrilling new level. Simply download the BetMGM app today or go to BetMGM.com. Use the bonus code VEASAN1000 to make your first wager risk-free up to $1,000. Eligibility restrictions do apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as is non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. This is the Lombardi line right here on Beeston and Wes. We've been talking about it. Boy, you could have had Patrick Mahomes few weeks back at 66 to 1 to win the MVP. Mm-hmm. Those numbers are long gone as the Chiefs have gotten red hot and found their stride. They're now up to 9 and 4. A huge game Thursday night against the Chargers coming in at 8 and 5. Let's bring in Soren Petro. He's the host of the program Sports Radio 810 WHB. Soren, great to have you on the line. Thanks for joining us here. What's changed for this team since we spoke to you last because boy, they were going through a rut in the middle of the season and I know a lot of people were looking at Patrick Mahomes and the interceptions and that sort of thing. Have they just cleaned it up offensively, or is this really about the defense? No, I think it's really about the defense. I mean, uh, that, that's what's made the most drastic turn. The, the Chiefs are, are now playing like, you know, arguably, I saw somebody, the, the analytics are the best defense in the NFL here of late. Now I would check that, take it with a grain of salt. It's the Giants, the Packers without Aaron Rodgers, the Raiders twice, uh, the Cowboys without a couple of wide receivers. CeeDee Lamb went down at halftime, and Amari Cooper was out with COVID, and then the Denver Broncos. So it's not exactly murderer's row of offense, but, you know, they're not just kind of doing well. It's not 20 or 22 points. It's not. Nine, 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 14, seven, 17. And, you know, they, they got a lot of players back from injury that had been hurt early on. They added Melvin Ingram. That's really made that defensive line all come together, let Chris Jones go back to D tackle. And I think that's been the biggest difference for this team. And I think offensively, Andy Reid can now, you know, play call and Patrick Mahomes can play, not feeling like they got to score 10 points on every throw. Soren, uh, you did kind of mention it there with the defense. Uh, a lot of, you know, a couple personnel changes. Not only Chris Jones moving back into the middle with the addition of Melvin Ingram on the edge. They've been more productive there. Also, Juan Thornhill starting over Daniel Sorensen. Is it as simple as the personnel changes for this unit, or what have you seen that Spags's unit has all of a sudden flipped the script here to become one of the better defenses in the league? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I don't listen. It's, it's never one thing, right? But you mentioned I'll, I'll throw in Charvarius Ward was hurt. You know, the, the game they played against the Chargers, which they barely lost. Uh, they played without Charvarius Ward starting corner. They played Chris Jones at DN. No Frank Clark. Uh, they hadn't signed Melvin Ingram. Willie Gay Jr. didn't play. He's been another big addition. He was hurt early in the year, and he's really helped that second level at the linebacking core. Nick Bolton wasn't getting on the field as much as he is now. Their second-round pick linebacker, who's been outstanding against the run. Um, you know, th- there were a lot of pieces that weren't in place and, and you mentioned the Thornhill one I mean that that's one that you know I think unless you're a gambler and really have an eye on things you don't realize how big a difference that made he's gone from playing 20 percent of the snaps to 100 percent of the snaps and and he's playing better the more he plays and so they got better they are better definitively better this game at all three levels of defense than they were the last game and and they still you know if they hadn't turned the ball over I think it was four times in that game had an opportunity to steal it at the end before uh, or I guess they turned it over three times in the fourth interception was the one that finally sealed it for the uh, Chargers. Fourth turnover was the one that sealed it for the Chargers. Otherwise, they almost won with a defense that was playing as bad as anybody or worse than anybody in the NFL. So, now you mentioned here that that first game against the Chargers, right? And that was the game where Brandon Staley got anointed. Hey, you want to go for it? Let's go for it. And everybody kind of fell in love with that Charger team. Then they've hit their rough patches here uh, down the road. When you look at Mahomes and Justin Herbert, it feels like this is going to be the biggest challenge in the division for years to come. Have the Chargers become the chief rival to the Chiefs? Yeah, I, I think so for sure. The Broncos not having the quarterback and the Raiders looked like maybe they were going to be a challenger, but the, you know they've had so many different problems off the field that have really, I think, just torpedoed any kind of season that they were going to have. That yeah, the Chargers are in, and, and big picture wise, right? You got to have the quarterback to compete. Justin Herbert is a worthy opponent to Patrick Mahomes, and I think it'll be interesting to see do either one of these guys get caught up in the in the showdown that is you know Herbert versus Mahomes. You know Patrick Mahomes. It was just last July was walking down the golf course at the American Century Championships in Tahoe when a fan said look out for the Chargers and he got caught on camera saying I'll see it when I believe it you know he mixed the phrase (laughs) up but we know what he meant Uh, I'll see it when I believe it was yeah okay tell me about it well the Chargers showed it to him the first time Justin Herbert's 281 4 and 0 showed it to him the first time so does Patrick Mahomes make this a one-on-one matchup I I don't think so One, one of the ways they've played better offensive football because he's taking the checkdowns. You know, he's throwing to the running backs, and that's something that he just didn't want to do. He always wanted to take a bigger play downfield, not not selfishly, not for glory and stats, but just trying to make the biggest and best play he could for his team. And I think over the course of the season, he has learned to check it down to the running backs and, and make Daryl Williams and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire a weapon in that passing game as well. And so, and that brings me to my next question about the offense. And look, uh, the Raiders, we know they played the one deep safety and the Chiefs had, I think we last talked to you back before the game at Allegiant Stadium where the Chiefs, it looks like, okay, now the offense has gotten right. But do you think maybe that was just kind of like a matchup deal, the two matchups against the Raiders, where it's like now the Chiefs are kind of figuring out, hey, fellas, for at least the short term, this is the way we got to play. All these teams are going to play these cover twos and the quote unquote two high safeties we saw Denver do it a couple weeks ago on Sunday night that it's a copycat league and teams are just going to play them that way and that's how they have to adjust to it yeah, I, I think absolutely. I do think the Raiders are a little bit of, you know, to use a boxing analogy, styles make fights, mm-hmm. and that's a, this is a bad style for them to play. Yeah, I think it's easier said than done. We'll just go play the cover two. Well, 
I mean, you, you can't be good at all things, right? Like basketball is easy. You can't be a great inbound team, great press team, great half-court offense, you know, great, great full-court offense. You know, you've you got to figure out what you're going to be and do it. So it's not quite as easy as everyone thinks. We'll just throw a couple of safeties back there, and it's all over. But it has been very effective, and most teams have at least some package of that, and most teams are playing mostly that against the Chiefs, and it's been effective. And I think the countermeasure has been, like I said, Patrick Mahomes has been willing to take the short stuff. He's been, he's been willing to take it to the running backs, and the Andy Reid's done a better job at dialing up some of the uh, screen game. But also, you know, they're playing Tyreek Hill more like a slot. I mean, he's only averaging 11 yards per catch, and he's still the fastest guy in the NFL, and it's because that's where they've been able to get him open. And instead of, you know, streaking for 70-yard touchdowns that make uh, Sports Center, he's streaking across the field, catching the ball and, and moving the chain. And I think they're settling into a rhythm of what they want to do while then finding spots to take a shot. And, look, a big part of the Chiefs' offensive problem was the inability to catch the football, something that's characteristic of some of the backup guys on this offense, but certainly wasn't of Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. And that's been a big problem. You know, seven interceptions that Patrick Mahomes has thrown – and he's thrown 12. Seven of them were, uh, the analytics say, were 75% or better to be caught by his own team. And instead they bounced up into the air and ended up as an interception. So there was a little bit in their, in their bad run of offense and just of losing that was a, a little bit of bad luck, right? Sometimes the ball bounces for you. Sometimes it bounces against. It was all, and, and every ball that was put on the ground was being recovered by the other team, regardless of whether they put it down or the other team put it on the ground, the other team was getting it. So they were just kind of running into some bad luck and they've, they've come out the other end. But this is no doubt the biggest challenge that they've faced here in a long time. Five of their six wins in the win streak have come at home. This one won't be. And that's a good point that Soren makes, Dave, because last year, if you recall, a lot of those balls that Mahomes mm-hmm. threw that were in danger zone areas, they got dropped by the defenders. This year, not getting dropped as very much. So water sometimes finds us level with turnover luck. And very quickly, Soren, we have about a, uh, 90 seconds to go here. When I look at the total gentleman here at about 49 and a half, and again, like you mentioned, Soren, it could be a shootout between Mahomes uh, and Justin Herbert here, but you mentioned those defenses, and we know the Chargers like to play ball control as well. Do you expect a lot of points Thursday night? Or maybe this game now that's crept up to 51, maybe that's overvalued. Yeah, you know, and, and the fact that, you know, the, the Chargers can't stop the run. I mean, the Chiefs pounded the run at them in the first game and, and were very effective with it. They, they ran for, I think it was, what, 170 yards? I'm, I'm trying to look here. 186 yards mm-hmm. against the Chargers in the first one. And so if that's the game plan, then, you know, they're going to, you know, be grinding out the clock and taking some time off. And it is a very important game. And we'll see. Does, does the conservative nature of a divisional opponent take over? I, I think there's some logic behind that. Both these teams need this game it really is the one that's going to decide the division the Chargers will have the sweep over the Chiefs or the Chiefs will have a two-game lead over the Chargers so you know Andy Reid is not conservative by nature despite what some people might think (laughs) so I think he'll have his full offense but I think that cover two will be out there and and it will limit how much the Chiefs can do and it will probably grind the score down a little bit it is a big game on Thursday night football Soren Petro really appreciate the time and the information follow him on Twitter at Soren Petro Soren can't wait to have you back on uh, next time down the road and enjoy the game on Thursday night. Thanks so much for having me. Appreciate it, guys. Absolutely. That is going to be such a big Mm -hmm. game in the AFC West, obviously, as Soren was alluding to, Wes. And again, you got to feel like the winner, if it is the Chargers, then you basically have a game in hand by by beating them twice. Exactly. And COVID is kind of playing an Mm. issue in this league in the Chiefs now. Chris Jones not practicing the days in the protocol. Not ruled out. Legereus Sneed should be back this week, though, for the Chiefs. That is big news to keep an eye on. When we come back, 
I love this exercise with Wes. Bet now or bet later. We'll discuss when you come back with us on Decent, the Sports Betting Network. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Every Day Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Every Day Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.